0: Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Maybe you've gotten one of those emails. You know, they show up in your snail mail, your LinkedIn email box, or even in your Twitter. It's an invitation asking you to present at a conference at some exotic location, like Africa, Abu Dhabi, or even San Diego. But once you read the email closer, there's a ton of misspellings and it's very poorly written. They're also asking you to serve on a board and put the conference together. It's such an ego boost. But are these conferences for real? Today we're gonna be talking about predatory conferences and my guest, Jeffrey Beale. he is the author of The Beals List, a compilation of predatory conferences and open access predatory publishing. He coined the term back in 2010, predatory conferences. I'm also going to be talking about one of my hair-brained, wacky Lucille Ball stories about how I infiltrated a predatory conference. This is an episode you won't want to miss, of course. But first, a word from our sponsor. Nurse Backpack is a free mobile app designed to help nurses and nursing students manage both their credentials and careers. The app is awesome and very easy to use. You take a photo of your credentials, licenses, immunizations, and other documents, and it's all stored on a secure cloud-based server. The app allows you to set up two different expiration date reminders so you can get a notification on your phone before anything ever expires nurse backpack will even build a resume package for you if you input your work history and specialties then the app will package everything together into a professional pdf for you to send to anyone allowing you to apply to your dream job with one click of a button with nurse backpack you never have to worry about losing another document missing a shift due to expired licenses, or keeping track of all the paperwork. The app does it all for you. Click the link in the description at the end of this podcast to download the app for free today. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey Beal. Thank
1: you very much. Nice to be on it.
0: So we're going to talk about predatory conferences. What are predatory conferences? I mean, they sound so creepy. I, it, it makes me feel like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come out with a gun, there's going to be aliens, like these creepy creatures, and there's like academics, I I don't know, tell us what this is. I mean, I live in the world of Hollywood, so this is the first thing that comes to mind when I hear predatory conferences, just real creepy, creepy, sleazy.
1: Well, as you know, the predatory term is used metaphorically in this case, and it really is transferred from uh, predatory journals, which is where I really first started using the term. And I coined that term in 2010. So basically predatory journals are, if you think of like counterfeit currency, predatory conferences are are counterfeit conferences. Um, And they basically just unprofessionally exploit the system of uh, scholarly conferences to make easy profit on unsuspecting uh, uh, researchers. And unfortunately, there are some researchers who take advantage of the uh, predatory conferences in order to get academic credit for themselves, the same way that people take, take advantage of predatory uh, journals.
0: So how did you get involved into researching this? Because you have a website that you had started uh, about a long list called the Beals List of mm-hmm. predatory conferences.
1: Well, it all started back in 2008 and 2009. At that time, uh, at, I was a faculty member at the university and I was on tenure track. So when when you're on tenure track, you're always looking for opportunities for publishing and speaking sure. at conferences because you get academic credit for that. And it was at that time that I started to get emails, uh, spam emails, um, inviting me to either submit journals to open access, to submit articles to open access journals um, and actually, the predatory conference invitations didn't really start to come until later, until after the predatory publishers became prominent and, and, and ubiquitous. So it was really, at that time, it was really just invitations uh, to submit articles to to really strange looking journals with titles that were very close to titles that, of journals that were familiar to me, but they were different journals and they also were f- full of grammatical. Uh, mistakes in the, in the invitation letters.
0: Very interesting. Did you ever attend one of these predatory conferences yourself, or, or the journals? Like, did you ever submit just to see? I, I mean, because they charge you to submit, correct?
1: Well, they don't charge you to submit in most cases, they charge you to publish after the paper is accepted, which in predatory journals, almost everything that's submitted to them gets accepted because they use the open access publishing model, which in most cases, the authors are charged a fee upon acceptance of the manuscript. Instead of there being a subscription charge to libraries, the content is open access and the journals are financed by those fees charged to authors. So no, I never submitted a paper to a predatory uh, predatory journal. Um, I tried to avoid them, but a lot of journalists have done that. They've done sting operations. They've attended predatory conferences and submitted bogus articles to predatory journals. I don't think it's okay for faculty members to do that. I think that you know, the the whole scholarly publishing system works on the, on the honor system, and you should always try and be honest at all times, even when you're investigating uh, predatory journals and predatory conferences. But for, for journalists, the ethics are different, and and it's okay, I think, for them to, you know, to use the subterfuge in order to carry out their investigations.
0: That's a great, um, I mean, what you said is awesome. So here's, my experience with these predatory conferences, I guess we can jump into that. Uh, I, um, okay, when I was putting together my projects, uh, my storytelling, I was very excited to present at places, and I would submit to legitimate conferences. I saw one of my former students on Facebook saying that she was going to like over 100 conferences, she belonged to these Organizations and she was presenting all over the world. Like she presented in Africa, she presented in Turkey, Abu Dhabi, I I mean, really great places. And I was like, wow, how fabulous, you know? Uh, And and I'm like, people in those areas want to hear about what she has to research. So uh, I called a meeting with her. We had breakfast and I asked her, I was like, wow, that's pretty fantabulous that you're going to all these conferences and presenting. Uh, and, and she was not only presenting, but she was on these committees to put together the conferences. So I asked her about that. She's like, "Yeah, it's pretty fabulous. I get to travel, and that's why I do it." And and she made it seem like these things were legit. She never said they were a predatory conference. She never said anything negative about them. It was all very positive. So I was like, "Oh, cool." So she showed me some slides that she used to present in, in her whole method of presentation and everything. And uh, I went ahead and I got an email from this one woman. And I think she's a little bit different. I, I don't know if I want to put her in the same category as a predatory conference. She's Shepherd and Associates. I um, spoke to her over the phone. She was having a conference in Hawaii and she was charging me $300 to present And I asked her, well, why are you charging me to present? This is very strange. I've been going to conferences for many years. I've even served on legit committees because I was part of these boards to put these conferences together. And we never, ever charged people to present. We actually paid them if we had funds. If we didn't have funds, we would give them either gift cards, pay for their lodging, you know, just make it uh, very comfortable for them to come and present And um, she said, well, people do it because they need credit for their university, uh, either because they need to get a, um, it it helps them for their raises or their bonuses or, you know, whatever they have to do in academia, right, Mm -hmm. for their tenure track and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's interesting. I did pay her my $300 and this is what happened. Um, I couldn't get to hawaii i kept trying to email her saying you know can i have a refund and she would not respond i kept getting these very bizarre emails from her you know i mean she's still running this practice i didn't get my money back again i kept getting these emails usually on my linkedin and uh you know i i spoke to a researcher in australia he's like don't go to these they're scams and he sent me your Beals list and uh, all these other articles about these predatory conferences. So I learned more about them. And and so then in October, because I am a journalist, so I am many, many things. I am um, a nursing professor, a journalist. I do, I'm not affiliated with the university right now. Uh, but <clears throat> as a journalist, I pitched the article to um, my editor and she loved it. She was like, yes. So I went ahead and um, I sent in... Just kind of something I threw together about my podcast, about nursing and podcasting. So it was legit. Uh, And they accepted it within a day. And I kept uh, getting like uh, emails for months from these people before that. And it was in San Diego. So I was like, oh, that's great. I could um, take the train down to San Diego. It'll be a pleasant day. It'll be very cost-effective for me. And so they charged me and I said, hey, wait a minute. You know, so I sent them back and I go, listen, I've served on many boards and I've never been asked to pay. So they waived my fee, which was $250. And I was like, okay, I'll come. So I I went and I paid for the hotel. And the next day, uh, it it, it just seemed weird because usually conferences are large for nurses and there is... people, uh, I mean, there are like pharmaceutical companies there who are helping to support the conference and uh, promote their products. And uh, there's just a host of people, there's banners and, you know, it, it's all a big uh, presentation, you know, and, and you feel like, oh, this is a conference is very professional. So when I went, I bumped into this woman who was a nursing professor uh, and uh, she, we were walking together, and I was like, oh, you're here for the conference? She's like, yes, and um, she kind of was mother- muttering under her breath, this is what these things are. This is how they are. They're so disorganized, and so we walked into the wrong conference. Apparently, these people put on more than one conference. There's two, so it was like a tech conference, so it was a bunch of men in suits, which was weird, and so I was like, she goes, you know, they're like, Oh, no, 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 nursing, you know, and we were met by two Indian people who barely spoke English. So right there, you know, she's like, uh Oh, what is this? And you are clear, these people are clearly not nurses. And she's like, Oh, yeah, these are the types of people that put on this thing. And I'm just like, wait a minute. So she had been to several, she was telling me she went to one in London, she went to like another one, you know, and she would go to have vacations and visit people and get credit for her university for presenting her uh, her research. And I was like, okay. So I was then questioning questioning the legitimacy of this conference. I was like, all right. So we went in again, to the right conference and there was the same Indian people, much the same, like greeting us who don't speak English and they just shoved papers in our hands and we got these certificates and it made everybody a doctorate. So it's like it's such an ego boost to go to these things because you become like you become elevated. You suddenly get a doctorate. They, you know, put your name on, like, oh, you were part of this committee, even though you weren't. And the lady was telling me, she's like, oh, this looks good. I'm going to show my deed. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just like, oh, no. And so I told her, I go, you know, this is a scam. She goes, I kind of know, you know, but I'm not sure. So, like, we sit and it's a self-governing conference. This is what she was telling me. I was like, what? What? So these people internally in the conference that paid to be there put it together and they were presenting. So they were kind of running it. It was very disorganized. People would go up and present for 20 minutes and leave. <laughs> and the conference was so, so dry. I mean, but there were people that came from very far away. Like mm-hmm. there was a woman that came from Egypt. There was a, a woman that came from like, I think, Saudi Arabia, Uh, There were people that came from outside of the United States. I was one of the only local, somewhat local ones uh, that came from Los Angeles. And there was even a nursing student there. And I just, I was heartbroken, you know, because these people all had paid. There was a woman who came from Canada. They were all professors, by the way, except for the nursing student and a couple other people and myself. And the nursing student had paid like over $300 to be there. Everybody had a different price that they had paid. It was really weird. The Canadian, uh, nurse who was a professor paid over a thousand dollars plus airfare and hotel, which came out of her grant money, Yeah, you know, and she didn't know that this was a scam. I was like sitting at the table. I go, you guys know this is a scam, right? Like right off the bat. They were just like, is it like they were questioning, is it? And I was like, yes. So The conference ran long nobody kept to their 20 minutes because again it's an ego boost people want to talk 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 you know and their their presentations are terrible it's words you're showing people words on a screen they didn't know how to present there were no pictures it was dry so lunch comes around and it was a fabulous lunch i mean really nice sandwich um put together thing in a salad bar it was really good so i was sitting there i kind of went to lunch late and um I ran into the soup people having the other conference and there was a woman sitting next to me and she was from, I believe she came from Croatia, somewhere very far away, another country. And she just, I I could see the cognitive dissonance in her, her face. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, you know, she's trying to talk to me and she's like, so, um, I didn't see you in our conference. I go, no, I'm doing the nursing one. And she goes, um, Oh, like she really, she was like, something's wrong, you know, but I don't know. And um, she was like, is this what Americans eat for lunch, sandwich and chips? And I just was like, well, a lot of people eat that for lunch. I mean, I'm Italian. People in Italy eat sandwiches all the time for lunch. You know, it's kind of a not really American thing. But um, that was our discourse. I go back to the conference and again, it's very disorganized, but there were people that came to present posters and kind of left because they were like, "Uh, what's going on here? And they had paid to be there. I had to catch a train and um, I just, you know, I I had asked if I could present and leave. And the person who I asked to switch, he said, no, because his wife was taking him to his birthday dinner or something and he had to present and I was just like, okay. So I just went up there cause I had had enough and I went up to there and I took the mic and I go for your information, this is a predatory conference. <laughs> As you can see, we've dwindled. We started out with 20 or 25 people. and Now we're about 10 and people have gone long. These presentations have been terrible I didn't pay to be here. I know you all have paid a lot of money because I was asking people how much money they had paid. I go, I would suggest you get your money back. And I go, don't you think it's a little bit weird that the woman that we've been getting emails from, Stella Lopez or whatever her name was, is not here. Where is Stella? And I'm like, Stella. I'm doing like the streetcar named Desire. Stella! Like, where are you? And there was no Stella. So I just left. And the Canadian woman grabs me and she's like, do you really think this is a predatory conference? I'm like, seriously? What is wrong with people? Yes, it is. And she goes, my dean is going to kill me. She told me it was a predatory conference. And I was like, duh. (laughs) So that was my wild experience. I mean. I used to watch too much Lucy. I love Lucy back in the day. And uh, actually Lucy's daughter uh, is one of our neighbors in Palm Springs. I think she actually just moved, but she was in our complex. But, um, you know, Lucy or But anyway, I attribute my antics to her because I love to expose stuff like this. It's pretty wacky. I like to have fun. And I just couldn't believe people were wanting to believe this was real. And it wasn't. Do
1: you remember the name of the organization that sponsored that conference? Uh,
0: I still have it. She still sends me emails because then she sent an email back and said, we apologize. We know that things went wrong at this conference. But
1: they got the money.
0: But they got the money, you know, and I told people you got to get your money, try to get your money back. I mean, they're not going to give it back to them.
1: Was, it, stuff, um, but- was it conferenceseries.com?
0: No, a- it was another one. Um, I'll find out which one it was. Actually, yeah. I could I could probably look up in my yeah. LinkedIn. Waset
1: W A S E T.
0: Yeah, it was Was. I think it was Waset. Yeah. Um, it, it was just one of those. There's so many uh, yeah. bizarre ones. So yeah, but
1: they probably held it in San Diego because, as you know, that's a big tourist destination. So people from overseas who want to go to the U.S. they won't, won't want to go to Detroit or st louis or something but but san diego is really attractive and they probably used university money to travel there as well they
0: did they a lot of these people did use university money to travel money from their grants that's what they were saying you know i I mean some of them god bless them thought it was a real conference uh some of them knew it was fake but were like hey i'm here on vacation and some of them like the nursing student really broke my heart because she was like this is my first conference i'm so excited And I'm like, oh my God. And I kept telling her, she looked at me like I was like a lunatic with three heads, like not believing what I had to say. And I was like, I'm going to write a letter to your dean, you know, (laughs) because this is ridiculous. Your dean should be telling people, do not spend your money on this. Absolutely. dollars for a nursing student. That's a lot you know?
1: Yeah, well, that brings up the point. That's one of the tricks that predatory publishers and predatory conferences use is they, they prey on uh, young researchers or people just emerging into the field. Like your friend that went to Africa. Sounds like she doesn't doesn't know any different because this is all she knows is the predatory conferences.
0: And, right. Well, and, no, she does other conferences too. Really? Which, yeah, she's now in a PhD program and she does she goes to other legit ones too. I mean, I think she's um there's people that are just clueless i I mean that are just like okay yeah sure we'll just go with it so
1: a lot of the predatory conferences every speaker is keynote speaker and every paper that's presented wins the best paper award
0: right exactly so Moving forward. I mean, I know you've presented at um, legit conferences about predatory conferences. What are your warnings? Like what are, how can we decipher if this is real or not real?
1: Well, there's a lot of uh, clues that reveal the predatory conferences. First of all, if, you, if they use spam email to advertise the conference, um, if the name of the conference um, matches very closely the name of a legitimate conference, um, if it's uh, a scholarly society that you've never heard of, um, if if it has the word the word world or international in the yes. title, yes,
0: world and international. Yep. That's it. That's like yep. the biggest. That's like the biggest one. World yep. and international. That's what I've I've noticed. You know,
1: really, um, the best the best way to avoid them is to find out what are the main scholarly societies and whatever your field is. Nonprofit scholarly societies. And and seek those out. Ask uh, you know senior faculty. Ask senior colleagues. And and go for those the best ones, the top ones in the field. And just ignore everything you hear on email.
0: I I totally agree on that. And um, but it, it's really sad to me that they are they are being predatory on nurses. I mean, it, it's just like that. Really sucks. And you were telling me that the nurses, before we um, started recording, they have been one of your biggest uh, support systems, correct?
1: Yeah, they have. The nurses have been amazing. Most predatory publishers and predatory conference organizers prey in the biomedical sciences um, because there's so much work being done, and also because people in those fields tend to have grant money, and that grant money can be used to pay for author fees for the journals or pay for uh, travel to conferences. So they, they follow the money. And among all the different medical fields, the nurses I think have been the most amazing. They, um, they, uh, they get it. They understand predatory publishers and predatory conferences. And they've done a lot of work to um, alert people in their field about them and how to avoid them and what they are. They've even done research on predatory publishers. And this one group that I had the honor of working with um, Is called Inane. It's the International Academy of Nursing Editors. They they understand the threat that predatory publishers are to uh, scientific integrity because since the predatory journals don't really do an honest peer review, you can basically publish whatever you want in one of the in one of their journals. You can write an article saying that you know the vaccines cause autism or anything like that. So they immediately recognize the threat. They've done a lot of great work to alert people to them and to identify the strong journals. Um, And teaching people to avoid the the bogus ones.
0: I think you bring up a good point on there because in the nursing profession, we're all about peer reviewed, you know, uh, and and these people are exploiting that. And it's, again, it's very, very sad. And you get those weird, I mean, it it preys on your ego because you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm so... Uh, thrilled that these people are wanting me to come present my research even though i have no research i guess i'll just make some up because i even got the one that i got asked to on twitter they don't only go on linkedin they'll go on twitter they will go on your spam email anywhere you can i mean anywhere they can get a hold of you in social media these days i think they try and um, they're like i got one from the international association of men in nursing and there is another group much like that i'm not sure if they put on conferences and so this gentleman in australia who i uh, who i collaborated with um he gave me an article for a podcast he told me that that one uh was not legit and that there, this one was the legit one he you know which the other one it did it did look legit because they had done so much research. There was a president. There was, this guy had been interviewed on many accounts, but this other one, they're like, hey, we'll be in Rome. Come and present your stuff. And I was thinking, a part of me is like, oh, that's cool. I could go to Italy and then go see my family and it'll be a good vacation. Uh, but then I don't know what to present. I mean, I, I just wrote an article about men in nursing, but it, it's not, it was it my subject of research Mm. so right there that that's kind of um one i mean i taught i've talked to other people who have gotten these i I talked to a scientist uh researcher and he's like are those really real you know even he was questioning he's got a phd and he's questioning if these are real or not you know he's he has a pretty high-end position Mm. and um he didn't even know
1: yeah. Well, the no. thing is, the predatory publishers have been around for a while now, and the ones that have been the most successful are the ones that are best able to trick people. So it's kind of, kind of like a, you know, survival of the fittest, and, and in this case, it's the survival of the most corrupt. Oh, I love that. Survival <laughs> of the ones that are best able to fool people, and they're they're really really good at it.
0: So how can we get rid of these? I mean, is there no laws uh, about them? It's just like they keep going on but it's like what can we do do we bring it up to the federal government i mean i i don't know how do we go about you know other than telling people don't go to these it's like they still keep going forward and it's terrible
1: yeah the the method i used was to try to just educate people and list them and name and shame them and that helped a lot i think but you know, still, it didn't completely yeah. solve the problem. However, there is some good news that just came out last week, and the Federal Trade Commission um, filed suit against an, a publisher based in India called Omics International. Oh, awesome. And the judge just ruled uh, against the publisher and fined them $50 million.
0: Oh, my goodness. Finally. That's great.
1: Yeah. yeah, so government, the U.S. government, at least, is really the first government that I know of that's taken action against the corrupt publishers, and they've been successful so far.
0: That's amazing. I mean, um, that's a, a huge first step, and I think the next thing is to really get people involved and, and write our congressmen to say, "Hey, you know, these things or these conferences should not be coming into our cities." You know, right. I mean, I I know, like I or if it sounds too good, like. A vacation far away I would just go on vacation you know I, I mean using your grant money to do that that's terrible
1: well the universities have a role to play too I mean the people who do academic evaluation the ones who count the number of articles that you publish or look at the number of conferences that you presented at they need to make judgments about the quality of the venues that faculty attend and the quality of the journals that they publish in and they shouldn't grant academic credit to to people who publish in the fake journals or attend the bogus conferences.
0: I totally agree with that. Um, Because like I said, these people were like, Oh yeah, we do this all the time and they get the credit for it. So, (laughs) which was, you know, unethical. I mean, when I used to teach, I, I felt like I was always very scrutinized and looked under a fine, like a magnifying glass constantly. So when I was hearing what these people were doing and it was okay, I was like, where do you teach? Cause I always used to get in trouble. I felt like I was always in the principal's office for saying the wrong thing or wearing the wrong thing. You know, I wore red shoes once at a Catholic university and I got in trouble. I mean, it was just weird, but these people, I was like, you guys are like getting away with murder, using your grant money to go on vacation. And you know, these are fake conferences um, and you don't get in trouble. So I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's Unfortunately, really at some universities the deans just don't care.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So what is it that we can do? Uh, again, any tips? I mean, there's several tips on your website, the Beals list, which is, is great, but you no longer run that, correct?
1: That's correct. I stopped publishing the list, but somebody else has, has been publishing it. I don't know who the person is, but it's great that they're sharing the information.
0: Yeah, they reached out to me. They're like, listen, we're not um, Jeffrey Beal. They're like, we just run this site because we feel that it needs to go forward. They gave me the name of someone else that um, does keep it up, you know, but I was like, I want to talk to the real Jeffrey Beal. So, um, which is interesting. Have you gotten backlash from these people? Because I think I I saw somewhere that you did. Like, have they, um, you know, attacked you in some way, sent you nasty emails, threatened you?
1: Yeah, they did all of those things. Uh, they threatened to sue me, which is very frightening when you get a, a threat, you know, a threat letter from an attorney. Um, none because of them you ever
0: actually pers- got an attorney threat letter.
1: I got threat letters. Wow. Yeah. You, what I learned though is you just go to an attorney and pay them five hundred dollars to write a threat letter. It's a, an attempt to intimidate people, and it never went beyond that that level. It never went to an actual uh, filing in a court. But one of the things that they always did, a lot of them did, was they would send emails to the library director of the library I worked at, and they would send uh, emails to the university president, um, you know, saying I was a crook and I was hurting their business. And, you know, trying and that as would to them, oh, wow. them And so
0: how did you deal with that? Did were they on your side, I would assume? And Yeah, they were, uh, they were on my up?
1: side until about the last year. Then I started to get a lot of pushback from my university and also from people in the library. Oh wow. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to retire.
0: Oh, good for you! Yeah, that's a very typical whistleblower situation. Um, I've I've had I've been in those situations where I've uncovered either there is some type of fraud going on, some kind of mismanagement that can cause harm, uh, and I either have been asked to leave, or have left on my own, uh, yeah. and and it, and that's just how the that's just how it is, um, and you try, you do your best and it's one person, it's really difficult for one person to go for it, but I commend you for doing that. I think it's pretty amazing. You've started something that now finally with these, um, these lawsuits that happen, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that should just make you feel like, yeah, I, you know, I did something good for society and I can just sit back and enjoy my life now, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks
0: yeah so i just published an article i mean my article is not published yet i sent it to my editor i'm not sure when she will publish it if she will publish it uh but um i will get that out to my people as soon as it's out there so that's what i'd like to do for this whole situation too and write letters to certain people and saying hey this is what's going on which I again anybody listening to this please do the same do not go to these conferences and if you get these emails you know they're misspelled they're misspelled they'll 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 say like oh dear sir or madam or doctor pompilio or you know it's just very weird terminology and it's all misspelled and um, different case letters and an illiterate person literally wrote this email to you right. and um and then they'll like also promote people who uh, are not going to be at those conferences, right?
1: Right. They'll use them as bait. You know, They'll mention some famous person in your field and say he, he or she will be speaking at the conference, but it's completely bogus.
0: Right. That, to get I, people
1: can come and register.
0: It's so terrible. And yeah. then, um, so I think one of the main things that my takeaway was to not go to these conferences is... The fact that they charge you. Correct? I mean, you should never be, you should never have to pay to present your work at a conference.
1: Well, most conferences, even legitimate ones, have a registration fee, and so that's pretty normal. Um, but they're generally, at, at nonprofit scholarly societies, they're generally pretty reasonable, and also you get a discount if you're a member of the society. Um, so, I really wouldn't use that as a measure of whether a conference is legitimate or not. Um, um,
0: Yeah, my friend, we just went to a conference in um, New Orleans for our legitimate nurse practitioner organization, NAPNAP, And, uh, my friend presented and she got a stipend for her room, which I thought was very nice. Uh, and then she also got, um, a discount for the conference and I think she got something else too, which I I thought was great. And she was over the world for it, you know, because she works very, very hard on her research and she had a great audience and and it, it was really nice. So, um, I mean, uh, conferences I've presented at a few and I've gotten like an Amazon gift card. It's it just something small, something like yeah. a token of appreciation yeah. for being there. Yeah. Uh, and, and in my, um, they waived my fees and stuff when I presented. Yeah. So One
1: way yeah. to compare a, a bogus conference with a legitimate one is when you submit um, a, pre- a proposal for a presentation that you wanna give at the conference, Generally, with predatory conferences, they're accepted automatically and very quickly. Um, But legitimate conferences are more selective. You might get a rejection from them. um, And it might take a long time for them to consider it because the proposals have to be sent out to the peer review committee. And they have to decide which ones they want to accept and which ones they want to reject. So at a legitimate conference, the presentations are the cream of the crop. But at a predatory conference, it's pretty much everybody who applies and sends in some some text gets accepted as long as they pay the registration fee and the fees can be you know five or six hundred dollars or more
0: it's very true and um and then they're asking you to uh be on the committee be on the committee to uh put the conference together
1: right and they know that academics get credit for uh, serving on committees so they're giving that away for free sort of as, as a way to you know, endear them, themselves to to the uh, potential conference attendees.
0: So great. Any other takeaways that you can offer, Jeffrey, on these predatory conferences? Any tips?
1: Uh... Um. Again, it's really the best way to avoid them is to talk to senior colleagues in your field and find out what are the main uh, main scholarly societies for that field and aim for those, aim for, the, aim for the best ones. And usually there's a lot of good ones here in, in the US and Canada uh, and in Western Europe. So uh, go to those, avoid the ones that nobody's ever heard of before, the ones that seem contrived, uh, the ones that uh, use email, um, the, the ones that, that have grammatical errors in the title or that use international or world. Uh, in the title, or also ones that, um, that are offered in resort towns like Orlando or San Diego or Hawaii, um, places like that, be, be extremely wary of them.
0: True. That, um, these are all really great points, and people can go to your Beals list as well. And um, that's great. Thank you so much for talking to us today.
1: Sure, it's been my pleasure
0: it's been a lot of fun all right thanks thank you thank you for listening to another episode of nurses and hypochondriacs we would so appreciate you giving us a five star rating and don't forget to download the nurse backpack app it's free it's easy to use it's great credential management it's secure it's safe it gives you expiration date reminders puts together a resume package for you and you get the ability to send documents and your resume to anyone. Go ahead, download the app today. The link is at the end of the podcast notes. Also, follow us at Nurses in Hypochondriacs on Facebook, Nurses in Hypocon on Twitter, and on Instagram. We're under Rogue Nurse Media. Till next time.